Podcast for early December 2019. My name is Tom Chick, and I'm not playing XCOM 2 War of the Chosen The Long War. Wow. Mm. This is Nick Diamond, and I am not playing Marathon. And I, Jason McMaster, am not playing Left 4 Dead 2. Mm. Why does that relate to uh, Generation Zero, McMaster? Because it's oh, yeah. like four-player co-op against robots. I was thinking, uh, like, in terms of gameplay density. Everything's squeezed together in Left 4 Dead 2, whereas Generation Zero, there's nothing anywhere. You're just walking around in an empty world, right? Oh, no. the I don't know if that's absolutely accurate. <laughs> I've been shot by a whole lot of nothing. Well, let, let's hear about this uh, whole lot of nothing, McMaster. What What's this game that you're playing that's old and... Actually, is it from this year, even? No. No, it's from last year. I know. Cardinal Sin. But, uh, is, I think ugh. it qualifies for being an antique now. You can get an antique yeah. license plate for your copy of Generation Zero. I'll put it on there. Big sticker on the front. <laughs> I won't be charged as much tax next time I buy it. <laughs> um, no, it's, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. I saw it on sale during the Thanksgiving sales, and uh, I've been always a little bit curious about it. And uh, one of the resident locals from our quarter to three forums, Christy Gaines, is always talking about it. So I decided to pick it up, and I got it for me and Sarah. And we've just been having a pretty good time with it whenever we have a chance to play. Um, all right, and this is by the folks who did Just Cause 2, so I imagine right. there are explosions all over the place. There's probably a lot of vehicles you can drive. Uh, there's oh, like yeah. cities. There's all kinds of like gun upgrades, uh, right? It's, 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 so basically they could call this Just Cause 3.5. Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, it's hard for me. I can't even put my headphones on. Like, the explosions are so loud. No, it's it's an incredibly quiet game, until it's not. I mean, don't get me wrong. There are moments when it's not. Uh, but it's a very quiet, slow-paced game. Um, you arrive home from a trip, and your boat is shot down, or shot under, whatever. <laughs> some, fired at, hit with something, and uh, it goes under. And you swim to shore. And you can't find anybody. The only people you find is like your co-op partners. And you can search through houses and find a gun. And the further you get in, you start seeing these these robots that will attack you. And they start off pretty small, but they get much uh, much larger as the game goes on. Um, and it's really it, kind of a mystery. It's almost like it's like a horror game in a way because you're trying to find out what happened to everybody in your home and there's it there's yeah just kind of like dead bodies everywhere destruction everywhere and uh you kind of you're just trying to yeah piece that together and get to the wherever the heck people are going to now can i possibly spoil the game by making a guess about what happened and maybe being correct well, I don't really know 100% what happened yet. So. Okay, then I'm going to I'm gonna predict. Now, I, I kind of, like, if I'm watching a, like, for instance, I don't want to talk to anyone about this show, Watchmen, because I'm terrified that someone is going to say, oh, I guess that such and such is happening, and they're going to be right, and then it will have been spoiled, even though they didn't know. So Like how Ozymandias will come up with a... Uh, I, don't even kidding. start. Don't I'm even start. <laughs> right? See? Nice try. Here's my guess. There was a robot apocalypse, and the robots are harvesting people for uh, electricity. I mean, it may be something like that, but there's a lot of, like, bodies left around if they're harvesting them. Unless oh. it's just, like, whippets or something. 
and they like snap a dude open and like whip at him. <laughs> like, oh, that's great, and then just leave him. I there. think Avalanche but, needs to hire you to write the the premise for their next open world game. That's that's I, grim. I think there's a there's a lot of companies that need to hire my writing <laughs> my writing skills for their open world games. Now I have another question. You said uh, so. I I'm looking at Steam here. Steam shows that I've got. 0.7 hours, Generation oh. Zero. Oh, oh, big 40 oh. minutes. That's, like four, that. that's 42 minutes, McMaster. Oh, my bad. So, game companies might hire you for the right for your writing, but not your math. Uh, actually, let's did not I get even that go right? down that path. Let's not even go down Wait a minute, hold on. Seven. Right. Yeah, it's the one time you got something right. I, I'm very proud of you. Yeah. All right, so I don't remember. The, by 10. I don't remember this thing about. Uh, a, a boat getting shot or sunk or what ha, you're coming back from somewhere in a that's boat what, yeah it's, it's written so obviously you don't know that. oh so it's just she, words it, i see right right you can't read so we all know that you just kind of i hit the buttons until something dies i need Whoa. i need fancy pictures i need to, yeah, yeah it's, exactly it's the chick method i mean like, okay well uh all right so you come back in a boat there's no one around everybody's dead uh i do remember uh having to fight a couple of robots uh but i also remember like the, you can you even drive cars? You can't, can you? I don't think so, no. Not what kind of Avalanche think. Studios game doesn't let you drive around? One that's conscientious about the environment. Ah, small carbon footprint, I see. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. Right, right. It's oh, so when you talk about these bikes, are they bicycles or motorcycles? Bicycles. And they're <laughs> god-awful. Wait a minute, they're bicycles? <laughs> yeah, and they are god-awful. Uh, you, can't, you can't drive a car, but you can get on a bicycle? Oh yeah, 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 and, and crash it into damned everything. By the way. But yes, you could totally get on a bicycle. Yeah. I'm trying to think back. The last time I rode a bicycle in a video game, and it was probably like Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. And it, and I, I seem to recall oh, the yeah. bikes in that were just a lark. They were like a gag. They're awesome though. All right. So, uh, and what else are you oh. finding in here? All right, hold on. All right. Good. So. What? I did do some dog management. Sorry. Oh yeah, no, I understand. Sure. Uh, uh, all right. So what else are you? Are there are there um, other humans that you fight or no no okay. no um, like some of the cooler things at least up in the in the early parts of the game is like you, you kind of follow a breadcrumb crumb trail for like a good while and you end up getting to this point where you can choose between all these places uh, to go uh, and and different things but up until that point uh, you're kind of creeping through the countryside. Or, I mean, you can attack them head on. I mean, that actually does work, too. Uh, it's helpful if you have a decent gun. Uh, but you're creeping through the countryside, and you can, you know, it, it's like there's a lot of suspense. And the game engine is actually uh, very pretty. It's like a very uh, kind of well recognized uh, island area. Uh, very dense foliage. Everything's just like really attractive. I like the day night cycle and the weather uh, oh. changing and stuff like that. So it's just like this really attractive kind of like you're creeping through the woods and you'll hear creepy robot noises, you know, like just the weird metal on metal kind of or some kind of weird howl kind of thing, you know, that sounds like a robot. And, how, and it's how, just how dark are the nights? Pretty dark. I don't think they're they're not okay. like, you know, our kind of dark. But it's what does it hard. what does it do like at nighttime? Are you still do, like can you can you stop and are there any survival mechanics in this? 
so there are now it's it's honestly more like a PUBG kind of mechanics because you you get like uh, bandages and um, you you find bandages and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. You can find adrenaline shots so that if you get down, you can bring yourself or someone else back up. Um, otherwise, mm-hmm. you also level in this, and if there's a skill oh. tree. Oh. So uh, as you go, and it, and I think it's kind of I don't know if you're going to be able to unlock every part of it. So I think you, it kind of requires you to maybe work with uh, your friends if you're going to play it on a harder level. Um, but you know, there, there's stuff in like lock picking is behind a skill tree. So, so you know, some people can be have lock picking, some can't. You know, and, and then there's the marksman kind of stuff or, and the different kind of defensive stuff. And it. There's a, there's a lot of interesting things in it. Um, and the reason, one of the reasons I think I got into it is they just released a DLC that I have not played yet, but it's getting pretty, it's being well received. Mm-hmm. And it adds like human NPCs into the game and stuff like that. It, you go to another island, basically. So I'm, uh, so I'm is it is it like end game-ish stuff? Like you play through the main game and then you go to yeah. this other island? Okay, so it doesn't change. Yeah. In, like, for instance, in the first 0.7 hours, I wouldn't see any of the DLC. Well, okay. So they've actually put out some free DLC, too, which Ooh. is kind of... There's one that's, like, really cool that I think you would like. It's called... Uh, let me look it up real quick. Um, what is it called? Come on, Jason. Is it, is it, a, is it a muscle scared. car? Yeah, how did you know? That I would like. I'd like to drive it's, a muscle car around Sweden. It's called Rivals and Experimental Weapons. So it oh. adds a bunch of experimental weapons, but the Rivals part is pretty cool. Uh, uh, see, sometimes, here's from their, their data. Sometimes engaging an enemy won't go as planned, and you or one of your friends will be defeated at the hands of a machine. The enemy that gained the upper hand will evolve into a stronger machine. Emboldened by your failure to take it out and keep on roaming the world, and in many ways, it becomes your rival. These are known as personal rivals, and will be harsh reminders of the outcome of past encounters. And you get stuff. It's stuff like that. Right, it, like it the, the Middle Earth uh, orc slaying games, where, right. where something kills you exactly. and gets promoted. Yeah, yeah right. Or awesome. like zomb- Zombicide, that kind of stuff. Right. right. It reminds me of that. And so, and that's a free DLC with it that came out a while back. So, uh, actually, no, that DLC may have come out. In October of this year. So anyway, they've been working on it, and uh, yeah, it's actually really cool. Uh, it adds like a, a bunch of those weapons throughout the game. It does the rival stuff, uh, so it does some of the stuff affects the uh, current, uh, the original game. But I, most of the like the new DLC pack is all new mm-hmm. islands. Uh, does it is it stingy with ammo? Because I recall early on thinking, oh, this is a game where I'm gonna have to plink away at robots with a pistol and save all my bullets. Uh, it's not horrible, um, and you get to a point where you can carry a couple of different weapons, and I'll always carry an extra with me, because you kind of end up, you know, you end up with piles of ammo, and some you just don't use, so you can right. slip guns basically. But if you do that, it's really not that bad. Um, you can actually get a skill to make your ammo looting go up, I believe, as well. Um, and you know, and then that goes with the other thing I find fascinating about the game is like there's a lot of stuff that you can loot in that game. Like the cars, you can open the trunks, you can open all the doors on them. Sometimes you'll find flipped over cars that have stuff in them. It's on the roof and everything. It's pretty cool, you know. Uh, they did a lot of interesting kind of like design, world design. Right. 
McMaster, frankly, I'm astonished that you're playing a game in which you don't Mm -hmm. have to chop down a tree to build a hut where Hmm. you make a workbench, where you build a pickaxe, where you gather rocks, where you build an oven, where you bake bread. I'm I'm guessing none of this is in the game, so I'm astonished that you're playing this. Well, right, but I mean, I'm also playing Kenshi again on the side, where you have to <laughs> cut down a tree, get a rock, and make it up. <laughs> I, I gotta get that fix in. Oh, dude, I, I'm always playing at least one or two of those games at the same time. Just a matter of which one is in rotation for you, I see. Right, right exactly, right, right, yeah. It's just been Kenshi lately. Uh, Nick, how many hours do you have in uh, Generation Zero? Literally zero. Ah, that's very appropriate. Yeah, <laughs> true to the name. name. Yeah, yeah. But no, I mean, like I was saying, we should totally try it out co-op sometime. I think it'll think you'll change your mind about well, it after you play as, further into it. As I mentioned to you, like my current, I've already got a go-to for a laid-back kind of wide-open uh, co-op game. Uh, it's a little thing called Red Dead Redemption Two. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it, it, would there be? Here you go, McMaster. Give me three reasons that I should eat into my Red Dead Redemption Two time with Generation Zero. Go. Uh, it's science fiction. Okay. It's very attractive. And wait, oh, 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 let me let me stop you there. Red Dead Redemption Two also very attractive. Okay, okay. I need Fair another. Enough. I need a different bullet point. So far, it's very, it's very Swedish. Oh, nice. Um, okay. <laughs> And I, I think this is the thing that separates it from Red Dead against me. I don't have to worry about getting ganked by, by random players. Nick, or should have we my let him? Stolen. Should we let him use that bullet point, Nick? Given how far Red Dead Online has come since the PS4 release. Uh, I, I mean, sure, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't think you. I don't think you get ganked in Red Dead Online anymore. I think that yeah, that's it's, kind of something like, they. I'll, I'm I'll put sure it this way: in about. You can, but it's very hard, and for the ganker, it's very, very hard, and there's no real incentive to do it. So I'll I'll say in, like, in my 20 or so hours of Red Dead Online now, I haven't been ganked once. So, McMaster, I'll accept science fiction in Swedish, but I'm going to need a third reason to play Um, Generation Zero over Red Dead 2. I'm sure you can come up with something. It's a horror game. It's, an, it's a somewhat tense horror game. Damn, that's good. Science fiction, mm-hmm. horror, and Swede. All right. Yeah. I mean, that's, I mean, I really mean that about the Swedish thing because it's kind of fascinating because there's not a lot of games based there. <laughs> yeah, I was going to so say, like, so is it is it as Swedish as Control was Finnish? Mm. Oh, it's pretty Swedish. You should see these houses. Okay. All right. Yeah, no, th- I, I, I'll be honest. That's really the one thing that was pulling me towards it was just to kind of get in that environment. Oh, yeah. It, no, it's cool. It is nice to, like, when a game does have a kind of a, a, a cultural expression that's not familiar to those of us sitting around in America. Like, I really do applaud that sort of thing. Uh, yeah. I like that a lot, too. That's yeah. one of the Assassin's Creed games' biggest draws. Yeah. Oh, Especially yeah, yeah, if right. it's something we don't, you know, you just don't see a lot of, right? Like, right. A Finnish-based game or a Swedish-based game. You're just like, oh, this is cool. <laughs> well, what's odd is given how much game development is in Sweden, uh, I mean, it's about time that they show us a little slice of their country. I mean, they've been making games set in America and other fictional places and for so long. Yeah, show us what Sweden is like, all you Swedes. Come on, oh, dice. Yeah, yeah. Paradox. Uh, so There was a um, – there's also a car in the game called the Bjork. 
So oh, oh. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised, McMaster, if that was an actual thing in actual Sweden. I wouldn't be either. <laughs> <way>. <laughs> the Bjork. <laughs> All right, Generation Zero. Uh, why is it called Generation Zero? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> Do you play? I, I actually have a. Do you, do you play like a, a kid? No, I think you're like college age, maybe. maybe there you go. Okay. Older. So that's the yeah. idea: is that you're this new. The world has ended. It's been reset, and you're part of Generation Zero. Yeah, maybe that's it. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. a good. That's a good enough one. Yeah. That is no lie. That is the premise for the stupid new third series from the Walking Dead franchise. Is oh, these boy. these kids are the new oh, generation yeah. and the, yeah and so it's like this CW kind of show about teens going out in the zombie apocalypse so but not set in Sweden so there you go well yeah I mean obviously all right Generation Zero for McMaster uh, I have more time than Nick Nick has the appropriate zero hours in in Generation Zero zero uh, Nick why aren't you playing what did you say Monolith or Marathon. Uh, well, yeah, I'm not playing Marathon because instead I'm playing Halo Reach. Oh, oh you're, you can't yeah. be bothered to play the early Bungie games, I see. Well, yeah, I mean, it's not, you know, it's not dwarven grenadiers throwing <laughs> <laughs> throwing their arms across a rolling hill, but, you know, it's pretty good. Man. Is That that wasn't Marathon. Wasn't Marathon a shooter, though? No, no. Marathon was a shooter. No, well, he's it, talking about Mythic. Or yeah, myth. I was throwing myth. in Myth. Myth, right, right, right. I actually yeah. had a, a friend of mine bring over, and this would have been uh, maybe seven, eight years ago, bring over copies of Myth, swearing up and down that it, it held up. And he installed it on computers, and because oh. I was running a LAN and we would play a lot of RTSs. He installed it on computers and tried to get us to sit down and play it, and that game does not hold up uh, yeah. compared to other RTSs. So... Uh, yeah, so I think Bungie made the right call moving along to make shooters. Um, so Nick, obviously, then I guess you're playing. Uh, you've you've plugged in an old Xbox to play Halo Reach, right? Absolutely. <laughs> no, it is the uh, it is the PC uh, release of Halo Reach as part of the uh, Master Chief Collection, which. Mm-hmm. Uh, actually came out on Xbox One, I guess, of, I don't know, two, three years ago? Yeah. How long? Four, it's five? While. It's been a while. It's been a while, right? But when it came yeah. out on the Xbox One, it was kind of a disaster. Yep. Like oh, what was wrong out. with it? Well, it was scaled and crappy. It was super plagued with a bunch of... Bu- it, was, it, it was one of those things where uh, you had to port a whole bunch of old games and then there were a bunch of bugs and you couldn't figure out which bugs were from what anymore because there were the games were all on the one disc and they were just jumbled up together wow uh, way yeah, to represent was, your was, flagship uh, franchise there microsoft it was really rough. I, now if you download it now on xbox one um it's pretty much fixed it's solid mm-hmm. uh, well in five years course, i would hope so yeah, yeah. Your advantage, of course, would be that if you download it on Xbox One, you get everything right now. Whereas on PC, you're only getting Reach. Yeah, pretty much, yeah. But now if you buy the Master Chief Collection, the idea is that you can play Reach now and they'll eventually fold them all in as they get around to to importing them, You will eventually get it. Um, And then I'm not sure how it works on the Microsoft slash 
Xbox slash Windows 10 store, mm-hmm. but on the Steam version, you can buy just Reach. So it's $10. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and now He's... refresh my Reach is the one where the, like, like the four said. different squad members come together. Uh, like is, is Master Chief even in Reach or am I thinking of another one? Uh, so, well, you've got two of them where it's a bunch of squad members coming together. There's ODST and there's Reach. Reach is the one that is actually a prequel to the whole series. Okay, because I remember ODST was the one that kind of had this vaguely right. open-world city you could sort of wander around in, right. whereas right. Reach very was jazzy. much more... Right, right, exactly, very jazzy. Reach was much more of a conventional, hey, you play this level, then that level, then that level, and then you're at the end and you finish the game. Um, yeah. Uh, so okay, so how does it feel on a PC? Um, it feels great. There's one caveat: uh, the sound is the the sound mix is weird. Um, so I think I, I think their strategy, Microsoft and three four three I's strategy of releasing one game at a time and fixing as they go, uh, it's it's probably correct because Reach does have a couple of issues, uh, and again, mostly with the sound. Sound mix is weird. Music's way up. Gun sounds are way down. You have to kind of get in there and fiddle with it. Um, there's a couple other issues, but uh, it is Halo Reach at a million frames per second mm. uh, in 4K. With uh, And this time around, the multiplayer is, at least for me, I have had no issues getting into multiplayer and starting a game and getting into matches like mm-hmm. super quick. Um, and it's great. It's really great. It's it's actually kind of refreshing to go back to Reach and see a game from 10 years ago uh, now on PC and hold its own. Now, what was the selling point for Reach when it came out? Like, what what was its main claim to Halo fame? I, well, I think the I think the thing that got most people excited, most Halo folks excited, uh, was the idea that. Smart. Yeah, the Spartans, you were you would be able to, at least in multiplayer, completely customize your Spartan with a bunch of cosmetic fiddly bits, and uh, you'd be able to have a... They have, like, a power. So, like, there's a super jump jet, mm-hmm. uh, or a shield power, or a sprint power um, that you can fire off, uh, you know, as you're... Uh, kind of, uh, I guess, your super or your ulta, <laughs> as other games would call it. Um, and then the other thing that uh, gave people a lot of uh, a lot of hype before it came out was that you would be able to set up your own loadouts before a match started. Mm-hmm. Um, so they kind of took a little bit there from early Call of Duties. Uh, uh, unfortunately, what that revealed was, A, uh, yeah, everybody's going to pick the jump jet. Or the sprint, because the other two powers were terrible. Mm-hmm. And the jump jet pretty much broke a bunch of maps, because you could just jump into places where you weren't supposed to be getting. Um, and the other thing it revealed was that, yes, everyone was correct. The DMR was the best rifle in the game, and there was absolutely no reason to make a loadout with anything else. Now, why would Bungie... I mean, they knew what they were doing. They've been making online multiplayer halo for a long time what why did that happen yeah i don't know it's weird because if you go back to that first rollout of reach way back in the day 
they tried to nerf the DMR a couple times. Like, oh, God, we, we can see what everybody's doing. Like, this is not how we intended it. Um, and they kept trying to nerf it and nerf it, and they added something called Bloom, uh, which is the idea. It, it's sort of recoil, basically. Huh. But um, as you shoot uh, in reach, your reticle gets larger, and your shots start li- landing randomly within the circle. Um, players hated it. They super hated that solution <laughs> to the point that uh, 343i then had to make a like it tournament update uh they call it Mm -hmm. which is another set of playlists where it removes the bloom Mm -hmm. um but either way even if you choose the bloom or you don't choose the bloom uh version and you go into online everyone runs around with the dmr like to this day (laughs) oh i was gonna say like how have they fixed it since then they have they have not they have not in fact what they did eventually was they sort of threw in the towel and towards the end of that first run of Halo Reach's life, they made uh, what they call the MLG uh, playlists, which were the you know the the tournament I guess level playlists. And the tournament level playlist is literally <laughs> everyone gets the sprint power and everyone gets the DMR, and that's the way it is. <laughs> this sounds terrible, Nick. Like, what? Why are you? What? Why would you play something that's been broken for ten years? <laughs> so here's the thing. If you go into it, I guess, with the mindset that, look, everyone's going to have the DMR, it it's almost – it harkens back to uh, Unreal Tournament mm-hmm. used to have – and I think I, – I believe Quake 2 had it too and subsequent Quakes, right, where it was just the railgun mode, right, where you would start a match and everyone just gets the railgun and that's it. And it's one shot, one kill. And you, you do your multiplayer that way. Right. Um, so the, if you go into it with that, it, this is sort of that for Halo, where mm-hmm. everyone just goes in with the DMR, and it's yeah, it's a couple headshots and you're done. <laughs> now, uh, I'm sure one of the uh, questions that Halo folks have been debating for a long time, uh, playing this with a mouse and keyboard obviously trumps playing it with a game controller, right? Yes, yeah. it absolutely does. It so I presume there's no cross-platform support. You're not playing against folks on the Xbox. You are not playing with folks across the Xbox. You can, I don't know what they call it, the cross-play where you can play with Steam and right. the Windows Store people. But and know, I'm PC sure you can... and Xbox players are not mixing. Right. And, but I'm sure if you wanted, you could uh, you know, gimp yourself and plug in a controller. Sure. Yeah. If you wanted to do that, well, I don't know. Is it gimping if you're getting aim, you know, 100% aim assist all the time? I, I don't know. Oh. Right. Well, you know, that's a fair question. So, what? How are you doing it? Mouse and keyboard, I guess. Right. Mouse and keyboard. I'm definitely doing it mouse and keyboard. Um, because of course, the flip side of that, uh, as any PC gamer would attest, is I don't have auto aim, but I can get headshots way easier. Right. So. That, I mean, I don't mean to keep bringing up Red Dead Redemption, but that that's so spoiled me too with uh, the the compromise. The way that it encourages you to play with a game controller is it's got a super heavy auto aim, but if you're willing to sort of commit to muscle memory, that that quick flick to aim flick up, up for a headshot. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so it, it has kind of the it's a canned precision, but it's some of that same mouse and keyboard precision, even though you're just chilling with a with a controller. Yeah, but I get yeah. in a well, multiplayer. You're definitely, 
you're definitely doing something there where yeah if you if you rely on the auto aim in red dead redemption online you're going to lose all your engagements <laughs> oh i see what you're saying right right you know what i mean like if you just rely on that and you don't do the flick up yeah the other guy's gonna kill you you're i couldn't i this is it weird to say that i couldn't imagine playing red dead redemption with a mouse and keyboard do you guys do uh, I mean, that? I've done it. That's a little weird. That's a little weird, yeah. Okay. I, I've done it, but I prefer it on controller. I yeah. do prefer it on controller a lot. Yeah. yeah. It just just because of the way it plays with everything else in the game, not just combat, but like riding the horse and running around. I, I don't know. It just feels better on the controller to me. Well, it's designed for it. Yeah. 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 And, and as I get. Uh, like, I definitely get a sense for games that are designed to be played with a controller, like McMaster says, and how once you decide to try to play it with a mouse and keyboard, and you realize how convoluted some of the commands are. Like, I went into control thinking, obviously, I want to play this on a mouse and keyboard, but the the contortions it was expecting from my fingers to do certain things that are ha- supposed to happen simultaneously, I realized this is not playable with a mouse and keyboard. Just just go to the controller. That's what they wanted me to do. Yeah, right. So you don't get that sense, though, with a Halo Reach? No. Like, no, it feels no, no. good I, with I a mean, mouse the, and keyboard. Yeah, it feels good. It feels good with the mouse I mean, and keyboard. It's, uh, I mean, there really aren't that many uh, actions you can do at any fair, time. So. All the games you mentioned, too, are third person. Halo Reach is first person. First person's always going to be easier with mouse and keyboard. Right. Opinion. You could put uh, Red Dead in, in first person, McMaster, just so you know. Yeah, I don't I'm recommend sure. it. I'm sure everybody Awful. plays that way. Yeah, Awful. <laughs> right? Driving the horse around, just like, ugh. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I, I'm, I'm pretty sure 90% of players do the same thing, which is you pop into it a couple times and you go, yeah, that's cool looking, and then you never do it again. <laughs> right, exactly, yeah. I played a fair amount of GTA V in first person, and that was cool. Yeah, that actually worked really well. I was surprised yeah. it worked, right? Yeah. Like. There were there were moments where you kind of had to pop out because you were like, all right, all right I'm, I'm getting caught on stuff. Driving you know? was kind of a son of a bitch, but you got used to it. Well, yeah. I will say, McMaster, I think part of what's going on there is we relate to driving in real life as being inside of a right. car. So when you play Grand Theft Auto from inside the car, it's something that you can relate to. You have a touchstone for that. Like, it's part of your everyday experience. So... That, that's appealing in a different way than watching the car outside driving around. I don't have that feeling with being on a horse. I don't really have – I haven't done a lot of horseback riding in my day. So I'm more than content to sit back and let my avatar – you know, watch my avatar on the horse uh, rather than be in the avatar on the horse. So, Well, that and sometimes it, 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 it feels like Red Dead Online, and it might have been GTA Five too, but I just didn't notice it. But in Red Dead – Two or Red Dead Online, whichever, in first-person mode, it, sometimes it feels like the game is modeling where my head is looking, but not where my body is pointing. Mm. But it's not giving me any, you know, any real indication that that's what's going on. Right. Like sometimes the like my head is following the horse's head. Right. But I'm not walking that way, and I'm like, why is my head turning? What's going on? I, I think of too, like when you see actual people on actual horses, horses don't just stand there stock still. They'll be like turning and turning around while somebody sitting on them is like talking to someone on the ground in one direction. And the horse is sort of uncomfortable and doing things under the person. And Red Dead kind of models that. Like there's this sense that the horse is doing its own thing, even though you're constantly looking in one direction. And what do you do with first person in that situation? So, right. 
All right, so um, uh, Halo Reach. When when can I play ODST, Nick? I think um, it's pretty un- soon, right? No, unfortunately, oh. they are going in uh, chronological order of the stories. Oh Jesus, so, oh, that's yeah. Last. Yeah, it's gonna be the last one, I think, except for Halo Four. Oh I yeah, guess, I was also gonna say that like the other appeal of Reach was, I mean, the storyline of it. It was the prequel. It was like everybody in the story is a Spartan. Yeah. And it's it's kind of like how the Master Chief, you know, why the Master Chief is the only Spartan. Mm-hmm. Is that's the appeal of Reach, I think, as well. Halo folks love their lore. Yeah, well, it's yeah, it's pretty cool sci-fi stuff, I guess. Yeah. Bun- Bungie's good at making up names. They have, like, <laughs> yeah, the best <laughs> names in gaming. Pillar of Autumn. <laughs> Yeah, right, or like, uh, let's see, Guilty Spark, that's yeah. a great name. I mean, like, all their stuff is so great sounding. What are the names <laughs> of the characters in Reach, do you guys know? God, I can't remember. Okay. I'm sure he yeah. does. Yeah, unfortunately, the so the main character, the, the, your squad mates or whatever, uh-huh. are all like, Noble 1, Noble 2, Noble 3, Noble 4. Oh, because there's <laughs> But Spartans, then they have though. normal names, but they are just normal names. They're like, Emil. And Clara and Sam <laughs> and Bud. So you're like, eh, all right. <laughs> you had me with Emil and Clara. Those were cool. But once you went to Sam, I was like, Ugh. yeah, that got too <laughs> vanilla. Okay. Poor, poor Sam. Poor Sam. <laughs> to say nothing of Bud. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah. Poor Bud. Everyone loves Bud. <laughs> yeah, that's true. All right. Speaking of giving soldiers names, are you guys playing <laughs> Phoenix Point? Of course. Yes. All right, so it's just an XCOM clone, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Fight me. Go. That was actually my concern, like, when I first started playing it, because I know I, at least you, McMaster, had played some of the, the early yeah. uh, backer builds, right? So you yeah. you had a sense for what it was, and I hadn't even read any of the press intentionally. So when I got it, I just booted it up. All I knew is that, hey, this is Gollop's new game. It's not in the XCOM universe. And I was just crestfallen those first few missions thinking it's just an XCOM clone ugh but after <laughs> you know what part of the delight of discovery so there's two things with this because it's not in the XCOM universe you can only play XCOM for the first time once yep. and then once you've played through and you get a sense for who the greys are and the mutons and and what's going on with their plot you know the the later XCOMs can kind of respin it and remix it but you only get that thrill of discovery one time. Uh, and re- Phoenix Point is something completely new and completely different, and I love that. Uh, so discovering, too, the gameplay stuff uh, is is really gratifying. Yeah, no, I, I'm quite fond of it. Um, and it, it doesn't, is... like, it's not immediately apparent the first mission, though. It's something no. kind of like the way that lore unfolds in a regular XCOM, that as you're playing, you start to realize, oh, they're doing it this well, way, and oh, they're doing it that way. And I'll tell you why I kind of had a little bit easier time with that is the backer builds never had the story it was just like the first backer build was just like here's a map and you can move dudes on it so you got to kind of play around with all the mechanics what, what do you shoot at were there things oh, they, to... yeah yeah just random monsters moving okay. around and they <laughs> and like at you know and they got progressively more and more like the next one added the world map you know and stuff right. like that and then eventually it got to almost like the release but you know you, you get to see like a bunch of the different kind of design stuff they do 
And from the get-go, was it that same model in terms of the way uh, the gunplay works, where you have the reticle and you physically can aim it? Like, was that part of the way they were doing it all along? I'm pretty sure it's part of their original pitch. Okay. Was that, yeah. Because I, I think that makes a huge difference. I mean, I, I think there's that plenty of room on a hard drive for both games, but that for me, like that's that's one of my favorite things about Phoenix Point is it's not me rolling dice and then hoping to get that 80% chance to hit. It's me actually looking at the size of the reticle and sometimes knowing exactly that I'm going to hit exactly how much damage. It's almost like this board game determinism. Where you see the numbers and you know exactly what's going to happen, uh, and I love that. Like I love how different that feels. It's a tactical game. There, yeah, there's so many cool things about it too. Like I love the Overwatch. The Overwatch is a really cool idea. Overwatch is because XCOM has Overwatch, McMaster, but Overwatch here I think very smartly forces. Uh, like you can't just put them on Overwatch and they just will shoot anyone they see. You instead set the physical size of the cone. So, yeah. for instance, yeah. if, if I want my guy with a shotgun, don't open fire the moment you see something, dummy. You know, right. set the range for the shotgun. Real tell close, him, yeah. Yeah, tell him don't shoot until it comes through that door. Not if you see him in the distance through the doorway. Wait for him to physically walk through the door. And, and the same with a sniper. Because it's yep. a cone... The sniper has to make decisions. Is that monster going to go around to the left of the building or the right of the building? You know, which way is that sniper going to be looking? So I love how the Overwatch isn't just, yeah, I've got a few points left over, click, pass. Uh, it's it's something that you physically set, and it encourages hard decisions. I love that. Yep. No, it's, yeah, it's awesome. Did you guys, did you guys play Phantom Doctrine? I didn't. Yes, but what is, yeah, what is that? I'm positive That's I did, the... but it, it's the spy game, remember? Cold, the War, Cold, War, Cold War spy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But they yes. had a lot of that same stuff. Like the your hits were not randomly determined. Oh yes, right. Yes, and of course. They had that Overwatch cone. Like yeah. they had you had to set the cone or in their case it was a perimeter if you wanted a short range or a cone if it was long range, and then you set how far the cone went out. Um huh. I'm so yeah, glad you it, mentioned like, that, Nick. I recognized it right away. Like when yeah. I saw it in, uh, in the, um, oh my gosh, now I'm getting my games confused. <laughs> Phantom Doctrine. Yeah, like when I saw it then, I was like, oh my god, that's it. <laughs> well, and I too remember in uh, Phantom Doctrine how it was a really, I think, controversial, difficult choice for them to have this determinism with the attacks. Like, yes. you always did this amount of damage, and if therefore, and it, instead of having shields, they had some, like, fatigue or something. There was, like, some stat that you would have to shave away from a character before you would physically do damage, and they could yes. renew that. Yes. But, uh, yeah, I liked that it wasn't a die roll for a range of damage. It's like a, playing a board game, and, and like a Euro board game, where you don't have dice, you just know the numbers, yeah. Yeah, no, it's it, that's that's one thing I really like about it, and that's a very Julian Gallup thing. So, and here's the other uh, yeah. thrill of discovery I like too, is uh, I. It's been a long time since I've played an XCOM game, and really just been amazed at something that appears, and I have no idea what it's going to do or how it's going to do it. And then as I realize that, there's this awesome like what the fuck moment. Like I love that, and I know that Firaxis tried to do that in XCOM 2 with like these um, like unique boss monsters, uh, yeah. and that was kind of cool. But I like. Have, do you guys know what a, a? I think it's called a Scylla. 
have you seen that yet? S C Y L L A, like Scylla and Charybdis. I think so. Wait. Yeah. Have you? So if you've seen a Scylla, you'll know what I'm talking about. But there's a there are moments in Phoenix Point where something shows up on the map, and I'm like. I just love the fact that I didn't expect it. And I had no idea what was going to happen, and I have no idea what to make of it the moment that it appears. Um, and that's just super gratifying to experience that again. Um. Oh, yeah. No, I, I'm quite fond of that game. And I like also uh, the difficulty level. What's the difficulty? What do you mean? Oh, yeah. Oh, well, did you mean... Uh, once you play... Well, I, I, I mean that once you... You have to play on above normal. Uh, well, what? Because it did that thing. Like I, you set a difficulty level, and I hate that. I just I didn't touch the difficulty level. So what do I get for boosting it up, McMaster? Well, you don't. Whenever you recruit somebody, they don't come fully equipped for one thing, with like nice equipment and stuff. So it it adds right. like yeah. it adds yeah. like a whole level of uh, extra management and stuff. And everybody, when you get killed in that game, you get freaking killed. There's not an injured state as far as I can tell. Oh, no, I know. Yeah, when you lose <laughs> that zero hit point. It's no like, out. oh, I've got two turns before he bleeds out. Yeah. Um, right, yeah. So wait, so when you play the harder difficulty levels, that's one of the things that changes is that new recruits don't have their faction's cool equipment? Right. Right, oh. yeah. You have, to, you have to actually get that stuff. Get it, like you and then reverse it, and then build it that way. Uh, stop making me just... regret playing on normal difficulty. Ugh. You should probably join the cult of one above normal difficulty. We're good people. Do I get? Is there an achievement for that? Yeah, I don't know. The achievements in you your know, heart. You know, no, master. There's not because it's on the Epic Game Store. It's not on Steam. Hello. It's in your heart. Right. <laughs> heart. Um, that that seriously is one of the things I'll do on Steam is look to see. Okay, if there's an achievement, maybe I'll consider a harder difficulty level. The moment that little dialogue popped up on the Epic Game Store, I was like, you know what? Screw you. I'm not gonna. If there's no. If I don't get anything for playing on hard, I'm not gonna do that. Screw you guys. Um, so I did notice. Because it's super generous. When you die, even if you fail a mission and run off, everybody who dies, you keep their equipment. Like it's at least on the normal difficulty. Oh yeah, no, I think you do. On the one above, I think that happens too. When they well, die. that I mean that matters too, McMaster. And that this cool equipment that these people show up with. Uh, okay, they get killed, whatever. But I recruited them, and I still now get the cool equipment that they had. Uh, so basically, I can recruit people as a shortcut to researching and building stuff just recruit the person right. if he gets died whatever i'll just give his cool stuff to someone else and i just that actually does bother me like i don't like that as on normal i mean maybe on easy but i just don't like that uh, well i so. think what it is mcmaster and i this is maybe trying to guess too much into uh snapshot games intent but i think what's going on here is the character progression uh is partly it's offloaded into the gear a little bit more than it is like an XCOM. Like I, I think there's there, there's some cool character progression here, but some of it is put into the whole tech tree and gear manufacturing stuff. And so they don't want to. When you lose someone in XCOM, I think it hurts a lot more than when you lose someone in Phoenix Point, uh, because Phoenix Point giving you their equipment back lets you save some of that character's progression in a way. I think. Sure. I mean, yeah, on normal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. 
it's much harder on the one above that. Uh, one of my friends who uh, is super also finicky about difficulty levels, but the opposite of me in that he thinks he should always play something on the hardest difficulty. Uh, he got Phoenix Point, started playing on whatever. There's four difficulty oh, levels, I think. The, yeah. the default is the second out of four. So he started yeah. playing on that one. And eventually, I, I say eventually, I think within two or three missions, conceded, okay, never mind, and dropped down a difficulty level. Yeah. No, yeah, seriously. The one the one I'm playing on three out of four is, uh, I lost my first game. Just like, hands down, lost it. Well, what so. do you mean, like, got into like a death spiral, or what What do you mean, how do you, how do you lose a whole game? Like, got overrun? I, you lost your last base loss? Oh, no, 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 early on, like... Basically, what happens? I went on a mission. Uh, I, you know, I did the first mission or two fine, uh -huh. and then I got a mission. I got two people. I uh, got killed. It's just like you know. McMaster, you're supposed to keep playing, recruit people. No, no. Uh, so, I hadn't researched how to recruit people yet. So, <laughs> so I'm trying to research it, and I get I get ambushed while I'm looking for materials. Right. And I got I dropped down to one character left. Yeah. And then I go to another place, and it's one of those, hey, uh, these guys are robbing the dickheads over here. If you help these guys out, yep. those guys will love you. The, one of those. So I was like, I don't think I have much of a choice here because I'm not going to be able to recruit if I don't have any allies. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I just, you know, I just got stomped to death. Well, one of the things that I do miss uh, is I recall missions in XCOM 2 where there would be like neutrals or friendlies on the map, uh, yeah. and I don't—I've never seen anybody here. Like, I, I don't get that. I don't know if I just haven't found those missions yet, but I haven't seen that yet in Phoenix Point. It's always just me and the bad guys, uh, and sometimes yeah. you rescue a good guy, maybe. Um, it seems to be like the um, the scavenge missions are their answer to that. Yeah. You know? Because they're sitting there blowing up the supplies. Right, right. Well, that's but, the thing yeah. is you, you run into a mission where one of your buddies' havens is under attack, and it gives you a number for the attack value and a number for the defense value. So I show up thinking, okay, there's going to be other people defending, and no. uh, there's not. It's just – it's still no. me. I have to do it all. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I mean you do it all on that one small part of the map, but there's all right. sorts of people doing it all all over the map. Right, and I guess those numbers, too, are just a matter of how quickly the, the, the Haven's Doom timer counts down. Um, right, and, you know, I mean, on top of that, too, it's like Death Stranding. I mean, it's like a game where there's supposed to be millions of people, or at least hundreds of thousands of people still alive, but you see, like, five people the entire game because they're in mythical cities and stuff, you know, next to these bunkers. I do like how the maps are smaller. Uh, it just they are, be, yeah. They're, they're smaller, and I think the characters have a much more generous movement allowance. So I think that uh, that contributes to much, much shorter missions. I think, at least that's how it feels compared to XCOM. I think. And let me and, and let me point this out too, just as a, a note. You know, I lost that first game, but it was my fault. Like I know what I did wrong. Like uh, it was just stupid. You know, because the game is very generous with letting you get the hell out of places and also not forcing you into danger like one of the situations that XCOM had with the way that it would spawn units it would wait for you to walk your guys forward and then it would pop yeah. uh, a yeah. group of units yep. and they would fight you um so one of the approaches to that is move forward pop super cautiously like only oh. go up a tile at a time <laughs> i used to pop a ball and, the, and in the moment that some of them some of them appear, you fall back, and you know. So 
what they did as an answer to that is they would put these timed objectives in there so that, yeah, if you took your time, that's fine, but you're going to fail these objectives. They sort of right. forced you into this risk-reward calculation of, okay, I need to rush forward, but if I rush forward, I'm going to pop more groups of aliens. Um, I, Phoenix Point doesn't do that. Like, I don't think it cares. Like, Phoenix Point, you can hang back and play defensively. You talk about the scavenge missions, sure, yeah, but I don't get the, the, the impression that Phoenix Point feels the need to push me forward because I'm not exploring and unfogging a big map. Uh, it just feels right. like, okay, here's your encounter, and there's plenty of room to maneuver, but it's not a matter of me exploring the map to figure out where the aliens are. That stuff is pretty straightforward for the most part. It just seems like it cuts out a lot of what would be downtime in an XCOM game and just gets you right into the running and shooting and, and retreating. Oh, yeah. And, yeah. Um, no, that, the, the game's awesome for that. So there's a, a number of reasons that I think it's fantastic for that. First of all, it's pared down. Uh, the base stuff, it, you don't have to go through 14 animations every time you do something in your base where somebody, hey, I'm Dr. Jackass, and I'm here to talk to you about the crab people, you know, or whatever. You don't have to do all that crap every time. It's just a standard base screen. You know, it's all really pared down. I like the Geoscape. I think it's, like, a lot more interesting than the standard there's so much stuff on it too, and there's like yeah, a sense right. of exploration and, so and geography. Much. Yeah, it's uh, like it's a horror guys, game. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah. How, how do you feel about not being able to build bases? Fine. Yeah, I'm good. I mean, because the thing is, it, it that again, like it that lends to a sense of exploration. Like, oh god, I found this base. It's in a more dangerous spot. There's mist nearby. Uh, maybe I should relocate. Or, or your original base is getting overrun. Maybe relocate some of your soldiers. There's a lot of fiddly stuff there, but I think it's worth uh, – like I think the trade-off for the stakes and the fiddliness uh, is worth it. Uh -huh. it it's more like it, – it's less of a 100% tactical strategy game and more of an overall kind of strategy game. I, I don't know. It's – I think the balance is more towards management than XCOM. Well, and, and also – like there are the way that your tech tree is partly determined by which of the three factions you align with. Like right. in XCOM, I always felt like, okay, I'm always going to want this, these things. These are the things I'm always going to develop every time I play XCOM. Sure, it's just right. a matter of like, do I develop this first or that? I feel like you would have to play uh, Phoenix Point three times, one for each faction, to really get a sense of everything that's out there. Uh, like, I feel like any given playthrough, it's good for at least three playthroughs that would all be very different from each other. Right, right. Yeah, I think so, too. And, and that's the thing. I, I like it. Each, You even see little differences each time, I, or each campaign I've played. Yeah. You see little differences, and it, it keeps it fresh. It's interesting. All right, so your first game, who was your best, your BFF faction? Nick, who do you like? Uh, the, oh gosh, the stealthy ones. I, I forget their names. The... Sinedrian or, or Disciples S of Anu? Uh, the religious people or the environmental people? The environmental. Okay, yep. so Sinedrian, right, right. Yep, 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 yep. All right, uh, Nick, that means you're a hippie, a liberal, and a tree hugger. Oh, yeah. Oh, boy. <laughs> and that's, that, that's really more my, my thing, but uh, this time I'm in New Jericho. No, McMaster, that was going to be my pick. I need you to pick oh, Disciples of Anu. Oh, uh, Disciples of Anu, I also have them. So. <laughs> uh, I do. I the the thing is, my one of my playthroughs now is is New Jericho, and they've just got. I love their firepower and their heavy hitting yeah. stuff. Because Disciples of Anu is all this like weird, tricky virus, psionic stuff that I don't quite <laughs> yeah. know what to make of. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I have a game with them, and they, yeah, they're kind of nuts. Yeah. Uh, all right. So, uh, 
uh, here. Oh, okay. Here's another thing. Uh, the gunplay in Phoenix Point super deterministic. It's the opposite of XCOM where you roll a die. You know, in XCOM you could have a 92% chance to hit, and that one moment where you miss that roll, it's like, oh fuck. But all of that is super above board in Phoenix Point. In XCOM, uh, stealth is super. It's a binary state. The aliens know you're there or they're not. You know exactly which tile you can step on to not get spotted. Uh, there's a lot of fun creeping around and knowing exactly when you're going to get busted or waiting so the aliens won't see you to a certain point. In Phoenix Point, all of that stuff is under the hood, all that stealth stuff. Like, I don't. I, I actually asked them about this. All of it is is as just deterministic as the gunplay, but you don't get to see the numbers. You don't get to see the interplay of a character's stealth stat versus another character's perception stat. Uh, and I'm kind of bummed about that because I, I wish I knew more. I wish I could play a stealthy game as effectively in Phoenix Point as I can in XCOM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. I get it. The yeah, the way XCOM Two does it, it's it's very um, it is very much like a board game in yep. that it's it's it tells you like yeah, you step on this red block, you you're popping off. <laughs> and you have no idea about that in in Phoenix Point. It's just yeah. a oops, he saw me. Okay, whatever. I guess I'm fighting like, uh, now. Uh, yeah. Uh. Which which to to your point, Nick, I think hurts the Sinedrion stuff more than, like, New Jericho, who doesn't care when they see him. Like, Sinedrion, oh, yeah. definitely, they've got that, like, cool sticks armor, and they've got the crossbows that are silenced. Uh, I think they're the ones that suffer from the lack of information that you have about stealth. Whereas New Jericho, they don't care about stealth, so you can sort of flex them to their full power, I think. Uh, so, but it, it, another thing, too, think also how far XCOM 2 came well, just the, think of how far Firaxis's XCOM came over the years. Think also of how much Snapshot Games did for their last game, Chaos Reborn. And just imagine Phoenix Point a year from now. And that, I'm just, that will, I just, I mean, obviously, they're going to put a lot of resources into it. It's going to get a lot of post-release support. Whenever I boot it up now, I see a list of, like, four names yeah. for, for DLC coming out. Uh like, part of me wants to just stop playing it and just give it six months because it would just be that much sweeter. But I think I like it too much to do that. Yeah, me too. I mean, that was kind of a consideration because, you know, I'm one of the backers. Uh, and so I get all the DLC. And, uh, yeah, I, I thought about that. But the game is yeah. really compelling. So, McMaster, I think you're supposed to rage unback them after the Epic Game Store announcement. You know, right. I rage back them harder. <laughs> no, yeah, I mean, like... Listen, I, I don't know. I, I don't care about that whole thing. But at the end of the day, if it lets those guys put a lot more work into this game, then I mean, right. I'm for it. Right. Yeah, yeah exactly. And I, I still, though, I mean, I'm, oh, I'm so mad about the achievement thing, but fine. Do what you got to do, Snapshot <laughs> Games, to give me this. Yeah. yeah so. Well, you know what the great thing about a game like this is? is it'll, it'll come out on Steam eventually, and it has replay factor. So. Good point. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and so. then it will have achievements. Exactly. Right. So I'll, I'll play on the fourth difficulty level at that point. Well, well I'll, what I'll do, well. I'll play three missions on the fourth difficulty level and then say, there's no way, and then drop down to the third difficulty level. Yeah. They're so. like, ooh, left this. <laughs> uh, what do you guys do with soldier names? Anything? Um, I've been naming them, like I've been playing on Twitch, so I've been naming them after people on my channel. Nick, what do you do with your soldier names? 
Uh, I confess, I I usually name them after forum names. That's fine. Have I been in either of your games? Am I still alive? Sweet. Unfortunately. Oh (laughs) dang! Oh, Nick, be more careful with me. Come on. You're not in mine yet, um, but I did get. Oh God, who did I get killed? I got Utsby killed. The main reason I'm changing the names is I, I don't like – like XCOM 2 eventually did this thing where you recruit a new guy and he's got a regular name, and then at a certain point, it'll give him a nickname. So it's like the rookie has to earn his nickname. Here, like everybody that. gets yeah. first name, nickname, last name. Uh, no, they're, they don't deserve a nickname yet, so I edit that out. Uh, oh, and damn. Whoa. you got to earn it. You can't, you can't start with that. The weirdest thing was, like, I recruited somebody, and it was a name from the Wheel of Time. Like, one of the main characters' names. Haha, you read Wheel of Time. Well, all right. <laughs> oh, you know what? No, at, at least it's not sort of Shannara. Oh, God, Jesus. Who do you take <laughs> oh, Or Elf Stones of Shannara, or whatever's yeah, in Shannara. Yeah. What do you take me for, <laughs> sir? Um, <laughs> oh. They, they could have done that thing where... um. Where it pulls names from an online database of everybody else's names, so you'd you'd wind up with like five Kylo Rens and a Drizzt <laughs> and you know Dookie McButtface. Right, right, right. <laughs> what was I playing? Yeah, I hate I hate stuff like that when you're playing a game and you're like, what is that stupid name? And you realize it's some it, it's it's someone on your friends list who just name took some dumb name a long time ago. And you don't realize that's there, but yeah. So like, like for instance, sometime I'll be playing something, and something called Herky McMaster will appear. Nice. What? Who's doing that? That's lame. Herky. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, we're all fans of Phoenix Point. Uh, we got some Halo Reach here. McMaster Generation Zero. Will you come back and let us know what happened to Sweden when you find out? Oh yeah, sure. I'll be right on it. Then. All right. Yeah. Now, unfortunately, in two weeks, we're not going to be talking about this stuff. In two weeks, we're going to be back with our top ten games of the year. So uh, we're not going to tell each other what they are. It'll be a surprise to you, the listeners, as well as to us, the recorders. Uh, so stay tuned for that, and we'll be back in two weeks with that. I am Tom Chick. I've been here with Jason McMaster, Nick Diamond. We'll talk to you in two weeks with our favorite games of the year. Cheers.